All right, what's up, everybody? Sorry about the delay, man. A uh, couple of technical difficulties. We got them figured out, though. Hopefully, everybody can hear me. All right, Bellator 263 and UFC Vegas 33 both go down on Saturday. Hit up Combat Odds HQ across all social media platforms. CombatOdds.ca. We got the odds for uh, both of these events coming up, as well as uh, a bunch of UFC events in the future. Also hit up the Patreon for all my bets for UFC 33 and Bellator 263. And also, if you like this setup, StreamYard promo link, get $10 off for uh, your sign-up. And uh, yeah, let's get to it, man. All right, what's up, guys? Okay, so uh, yeah, leave your uh, questions in the chat. And also, I got some questions from the Patreon. And uh, again, for all my bets, we got completely destroyed last week. So if you're not signing up this week, I get it, man. But uh, we'll bounce back. The The record's in the bottom. I'm up uh, over 20 units in the past year and a half. Uh, you know, proud of that record. But uh, we're just getting started. But yeah, patreon.com slash combat odds hq five dollars canadian a month you get every bet that i make on uh every mma fight and some boxing stuff too so um yeah we got two well i mean we got one really good card and then we got one good fight on a on a pretty lackluster card but uh so yeah let's get right into it my first question that i got uh pretty much a consensus question from the patreon my best dog for bellator 263 uh or ufc vegas 33 and uh, yeah let's uh i honestly got to say my favorite also as a qualifier just got to say you know um I've broken down Bellator a lot more than I've looked at in the UFC. Uh, we're going to do the full the, the weigh-in show on Friday afternoon, uh, and I'll have more looks basically for the UFC. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, I already touched on it for the, uh, the post-show on Bloodshed. But uh, beyond that, honestly, my, my best dog for UFC Vegas 33 has to be Uriah Hall. Uh you know he's just uh, he he's just a lot more fleet of foot. He's going to be a lot more lighter on his feet. He's probably just straight up the better striker than Sean Strickland. Uh, I, I don't know Sean Strickland ten and three uh, since his twenty fourteen UFC debut. Uh, six of those ten wins inside the uh, or by decision, and four of those ten wins inside the distance. Um, you know he's. He's won. He's cashed a lot of decisions, and uh, he's been on a on an absolute tear. But if you compare him honestly to Uriah Hall, like yeah, Uriah Hall has lost some fights. He's eight and five 
in his last 13 UFC fights. But, you know, with seven of those eight wins coming for Uriah Hall inside the distance, albeit, uh, you know, <laughs> the last two fights, one of them against Anderson Silva, and then the next one was the leg break against Chris Weidman. So, um, but, you know, look at, look at, um, look at Uriah Hall's losses. His last loss was to Paul Acosta. Before that, Gegard Mousasi. Before that, Derek Brunson. Before that, Robert Whitaker. You know, like he, uh, yeah, he has some losses. He had a little, he had a, a three fight losing streak in, in 2015 and 2016. But like I said, to Whitaker, to Brunson, to Musasi, you know, and then he beat Christoph Yako, and then he lost to Paul Acosta. Um, he's on a four fight winning streak since then. And this is a thing where it's kind of like perception is not reality because Uriah Hall, uh, he went on a big stretch, big, big stretch. Um, he fought Shoeface in 2019, in September of 2019, won a split decision. And then he was supposed to fight, he was supposed to fight Jacare on that April 18th card, uh, UFC 249, the original UFC 249. Uh, that didn't happen. And then he was supposed to fight him again at the, you know, UFC 249-2, the one that actually happened in Jacksonville. Uh, Jacques Array got COVID. That didn't happen. Then he was supposed to fight Yoel Romero uh, on August 22nd. I don't remember that, but that was also canceled because of COVID. And then he got back into the cage on Halloween against Silva, you know, um, beat him up basically for four straight rounds, got the stoppage in the fourth round. And then we all know what happened between him and uh, Chris Weidman. So, you know, I, I feel like we haven't seen the, the best of Uriah Hall's abilities in uh, this last, since pretty much 2019. And even that performance against Shoeface was not very good. Um, but yeah, if, if you're telling me you're giving me plus 190, which I see plus 185 on Uriah Hall, I'm I gotta go Uriah Hall, and I'm not taking anything away from Sean Strickland, but I just know this fight is a lot closer than what the odds indicate, and uh, it's as simple as that, man. Okay, uh, as far as Bellator 263 goes, this sounds this sounds insane. To, it might sound crazy to a lot of people. But I got to say, the uh, <clears throat> my favorite dog on the card for Bellator 263, it's Manny Miro. It's 100% Manny Miro. And, like, uh, look, uh, Usman Nurmagomedov, we all know he's a, uh, you know, he's a Dagestani. He's... Habib's cousin. He's going to have probably Habib in his corner. Um, but, you know, he's, he's 23. He's pretty young. He's definitely had a um, – uh, his record is pretty soft. He's definitely have a, a cushioned record at 12-0. and 0. His record has definitely been a little bit um, – you know, he's fought some cans – and he's also fought a lot of guys younger than him. And <laughs> Manny Miro is 11 years older than him at 34 years old. And look, 
I I know, I know. Manny Miro is not is not that good, but if anything, he's a he's a tough guy. He's a really tough guy, and um, you know they brought him in. They brought him in on short notice to fight uh, Nick Newell. Bellator did a couple years ago, and he cashed as like a plus seven hundred underdog in a split decision. Then they brought him back. Uh, they liked what they saw out of him. They brought him back in uh, for another run against uh, Devin Powell. That was in November of last year, and he cashed again as like a plus two twenty underdog. And um, you know, this is a guy he came in in short notice before those two fights. Came in in short notice against Ken Culture, who is just a, a nobody. Uh, uh, he 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 came in on short notice for Rage in the Cage, Oklahoma City lightweight championship bout, and and won. You know, before that he had three straight losses, but. This guy just seems to always rise up. And, uh, you know, I'm not super confident in this as, as the money line, but I still see, you know, I still see uh, over one and a half rounds at minus 125. Fight goes the distance, yes, at plus 175. And you look at uh, Usman Nurmagomedov, uh, he fought um, uh, Mike Hamill. In his in his Bellator debut, and he should have. And it was the same situation as this, where the over uh, was one and a half rounds, and he was a massive, like almost a, a minus a thousand favorite, and uh, it went to decision. And you know, um, Mike Hamill, props to him for surviving. And uh, um, but the thing about him, he 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 just his striking is just not there. He's just that wrestle first guy, and he had no chance wrestling against Usman. Uh, and uh, Nurmagomedov, I, I think their thing is they want to show their striking, right? They want to show their striking because they're all known for their wrestling. So they all want to come out, similar to Islam Makachev. They all want to come out and stand and bang so that it kind of gets rid of that stigma of them just being, you know, wrestle heavy fighters so um in this case with manny muro and uh uzman nurmagomedov uh you know he uh, nurmagomedov he he has slick kicks he's got really uh he's he's a precision striker everything is uh you know everything is really is is all there uh as far as just his overall striking game he's you know a, his striking is is right there with all those other uh you know aka Dagestani guys. Uh you know, his striking is probably better than Habib's. Habib's striking is a little bit awkward, you know. He has like those upward uppercuts, straight arm uppercuts and stuff like that. Not this guy. He's got like a like a Thai style, very very slick and precise. But uh with that being said, man, Manny Miro's coming out there and he's just walking forward. And he's just walking forward, and he's just walking forward. And uh, I feel like the thing about, you know, everybody thought that he was going to, uh, Usman Nurmagomedov was going to be able to drop uh, um, uh, Mike Hamill and was just going to, you know, uh, take care of him, either drop him or get on his back and, and choke him out and make short work, with, work of him. But uh, Mike Hamill has a chin. And 
the thing about Hamill was I feel like he was really respecting uh, Usman's um, hitting power where if he felt if he felt his power and, and uh, you know, I just feel like if he went forward a little bit more in that fight, he could have, you know, it, it was a, a unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. And I feel like he could have made that fight a lot closer than it was <clears throat> had he uh, just walked forward. And now we're talking about with uh, uh, Manny Luis Muro here, this guy, that's all he does is walk forward. And uh, when you're constantly stepping backwards in a fight, it's extremely exhausting. And, you know, this guy, he's just, he's, he's made, he's so tough. And I feel like I'm trying to figure out what Bellator is doing as far as the matchmaking goes here. Right. Like is, I, I feel like they're trying to set up Usman Nurmagomedov to get, um, He's, he must they must be trying for him to go out there and get a, a a highlight reel submission or something like that because I'll say this if you know if Manny Muro uh, if Usman Nurmagomedov goes out there and just uh, has a wrestle heavy game plan I don't think Manny Muro has much of a chance but I don't think he's going to you look at uh, Nurmagomedov's fight against Mike Hamill he could have did the same thing but he didn't he just stood there for for three rounds he's he, he went toe to toe with them for three rounds, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, he he gave up a round in a fight that he was what a uh, minus eleven hundred favorite. He lost one round. He lost one round on two judges' scorecards. So, like, I mean, the thing is, there's just a premium on this guy because he's a Nurmagomedov. And they're putting him against this, you know, albeit, yeah, he might, he's a can. Manny Muro is not that good. He's, uh, but I'll say this, he's, he's been around the, the amateur or not the amateurs, the uh, lower level regional scenes in America. You know, this guy from, from top to bottom, you know, rage in the cage and uh, uh, rage in the cage, South Texas fighting championship, Sugar Creek showdown, Gladiator Cage Fighting Championship, Fists of Fury, and uh, Legacy FC. Um, but he went up to Bellator three times. He went up once in 2016, I think. He won as a pretty huge underdog. And then he came up against Nick Newell. And, you know, say what the obvious that uh, about Nick Newell, he's still extremely good. World Series of Fighting lightweight champion. And he beat him. Manny Miro beat him as like a plus 750 underdog. And then Bellator liked him so much that they brought him back and he cashed again as like a plus 220 underdog and uh, against Devin Powell. And Usman Nurmagomedov, is, he's a baby, man. He's 23 years old. He should I don't think he should be a minus 1,000 favorite against this grizzled veteran who's just going to walk forward. Like this type of guy, he just loves fighting, this uh, Manny Miro guy. Watch, watch his fight with uh, Nick Newell. He's enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I, I got to tell you. And it comes down to this. Implied probability says uh, at plus 850, you're telling me that uh, Manny Miro is less than a 10% chance of winning this fight? No. Give me a break. Give me that plus 850. 
all day on this guy. You know, I'm not I'm not saying it's my most confident pick, but uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna have a small little you know one percent play on this guy because it's just it's the line's so out the the line's so off that as a value player I just have to do it. And I'll say this too. I like that over one and a half rounds because we've seen Usman Nurmagomedov go to a decision, a decision last time in a fight that he was supposed to, you know, the same type of situation as this where the 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 total was at one and a half rounds and he was a massive favorite. So the line, uh, the market was expecting it to be a quick fight, and it wasn't. It went decision. So I'm telling you right now, uh, small play on, on Manny Muro at that magical plus 850. And then, yeah, o- over one and a half rounds at minus 125. I like it. Uh, you could probably get fight starts round three at plus money. Yeah, uh, fight starts round three at plus 120 at DraftKings. That's a solid play, guys. <laughs> That's a solid play. And uh, fight fight starts round two, minus 134. I like that, too. Uh, fight goes the distance at plus 120, 175. So this is one of those fights where there's multiple ways to back Manny Miro being able to survive against Usman Nurmagomedov. And I'm telling you, it's just um, – Manny Miro is just tough. He's tough as nails. He's a super tough dude. And ours, is he going to be able to you – no, know, is his uh, wrestling game, defensive wrestling, going to – going to be able to get him out of uh, a rough situation against this Nurmagomedov? No. But, again, go and watch that fight with uh, uh, this Usman kid and uh, Mike Hamill. And it was, there was, the fight was barely on the mat. It was just 15 minutes, basically, of a, of a it was like a kickboxing fight. So, with that being said, uh, yeah, I like, I like, uh, I like Manny Miro here, and you know, it, it's this is this is just the type of the way that I bet. It's it's not that I would ever bet baseball, but it's similar to it's similar to that where it's you know you got the A's against the Yankees, and the A's are plus three hundred for three games in in the series. You only got to win one game to make money in that three game series. So, you know. That's how I play it with these dogs sometimes. You only got to really hit one in a pretty long series of these bets. You know, we didn't hit uh, – we missed on some dogs last week, but, you know, scared money doesn't make money, right? Okay. Pitbull or McKee? Hmm. That's That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'll say this. I'll be really shocked. I'll be really shocked if uh, Patricio doesn't close as the underdog. Because based on all the breakdowns that I've seen out there on the internet, uh, on YouTube, I see everybody's on McKee. You know, so if everybody's on McKee, I can see this uh, uh, Pitbull minus 120 line disappearing. Because, um, yeah, it, yeah, you know, I t- it's it's a toss up, and f- for me, honestly, as a pick, 
as just I mean who who's gonna who's gonna win the fight? My pick is Pitbull. I think Pitbull wins this fight. I think the odds are a lot like are it's a it's a complete coin flip, fifty percent on each side. You know, if I if these if these guys fought a hundred times, I feel like the outcome would be different in all hundred times, and you know, fifty of them, you know, fifty of them. Pitbull would win, and fifty of them, McKee would win. I think it's right down the middle. Um, a problem be on the side that plus money is on, as far as betting goes, though. And I also think that I don't think that I don't think this fight goes a distance. I see it at minus two hundred at five dimes right now. Fight goes a distance. No, I like that a lot. I like under three and a half rounds at minus one fifteen. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I think coin flip fight, you got to go with, you pretty much have to go with whatever site plus money is on if you want to have action on it. And my pick, basically the way I handicap this is I think, I think Pitbull gets it, gets it done. I think he's, <coughs> excuse me. I think his hitting power is just, I don't think, you know, McKee 17 and all, but I don't think he's faced somebody as ferocious and as you know, as hard hitting as uh, Pitbull, there's a reason why this guy has just you know he's been in he's been in wars, and even with guys a little like much taller than him, look, uh, you know, against um, uh, not Caldwell uh, Strauss, you know, he had some wars with Strauss, right? And those were. Uh, He he won he won three of those four fights. So I mean, the he's he, the hitting power. It, whether he's at lightweight, whether he's at featherweight, he's even talked about moving down to uh, bantamweight and becoming a a three a three division champion, which I think he could do too. I think uh, I think a lot of people are writing off Pitbull a little bit too soon, and I think it's a mistake because as good as McKee is, you know he's. Uh, homegrown Bellator talent. He's been treated with kid gloves. Let's not kid ourselves here. Um, he's only had some like seriously uh, like some really tough challenges in his career. Um, you know, he's 11 and 0 since 2017, but he's only cashed for plus 1.97 units across those 11 fights. So he's he's just been a massive favorite in every single fight that he's been in, and he has he, like he's ex, he, he's ex, he's fought to the expectations, but he hasn't exceeded them yet because he hasn't been in this type of fight. And Pitbull has, and and you know Pitbull has exceeded the expectations multiple times as a big underdog, especially on that inside the distance prop. Seven and five on the inside the distance prop since 2015 in his last 12 fights for plus 8.36 units profit. The under has gone seven and five in his last uh 12 fights, and yeah, 10 and two in that stretch. Uh, I think as far as exceeding the expectations and showing and you know, shocking people and showing people there's way more to his game, I think Pitbull's the guy. If, if you just look at these numbers and that's not, you know, AJ McKee is seven and four on the inside the distance prop 
uh, since 2017 for plus 3.95 units profit. But um, an interesting thing is both these guys, they're tied for, I think they're tied for 12 apiece. That might be, that might be, that number might be incorrect, but I know that they're tied for the most finishes in Bellator featherweight history. So if one of these guys get the finish, it's, it's a, a record for them. And this is just a, this, this fight is historic. Like uh, Pitbull has the most title fight wins in Bellator history. Uh, AJ McKee has the most consecutive wins in Bellator history with 17. Uh, a lot of, there's just a, so much history on the line here. And, you know, a lot of people think it's this, this passing the torch type moment, but I feel like it's more going to be this um, y'all must have forgot type moment where Pitbull is going to, you know, prove the, you know, uh, postpone the coronation of AJ McKee because, yeah, he probably will be champion at some point and he'll probably beat Pitbull at some point, but I don't know if it's going to be here because, you know, look what he did to Emmanuel Sanchez. Emmanuel Sanchez, who I'll talk about in a second here, um, a guy who's never been finished before, and he finished him in like three minutes, dropped him, and just the way that he put on that, that uh, I guess it was like a modified anaconda, the way that he's put that on was just a thing of beauty, man. And uh, he's, and, and I'll, I'll even say if, if um, you know, you go back, McKee, who did he fight? It was the it was Darian Caldwell the McKee Darian Caldwell fight. There was one moment in that fight very early on where Caldwell kind of rocked him and and uh, McKee like took a he kind of turned his back and I'm telling you if he does that to Pitbull that'll be a wrap. Um, I don't know. I feel like that was one of the only times that he's been hit by a guy that has really connected with some serious ferociousness. And I think Pitbull is going to do that to him too. Like, um, I don't know if he's fought a guy as powerful, at least in their prime. Like I know he fought Pat Curran, uh, Pat Curran, but it was, um, he was, he was past his, he was past his prime, uh, a shell of himself really. And yeah, I, I, Pitbull's only 34. I know he's quite a bit older than McKee. I don't think it matters. I think I don't think the reach matters. I don't think the height matters. I think Pitbull has some hitting power that McKee is not going to be able to deal with. And uh, my pick is Pitbull. But I think it's such a close fight. I think it's such a close fight that um, I'm probably going to be on whatever side ends up on plus money and uh but fight goes the distance no that's a solid look minus 200 and the the under at um <clears throat> minus 115 i'll be all over that all right do you think there'll be more bad judging this weekend uh, yes. Yes, I do. Because uh, not only are we in California for Bellator, and the California State Athletic Commission is just notoriously terrible. Um, 
for boxing and for MMA. You know, remember when when uh, when John Jones got caught for the uh, trace amount of PEDs or whatever, and they had to move the Nevada State Athletic Commission wasn't going to license him to fight because of that. So the fight was off. But then Dana moved the fight to Anaheim because the California State Athletic Commission let doesn't they don't they don't care they'll let that kind of stuff happen. So that's why uh, that's why we're there, and uh, the Forum in Inglewood, great venue. But yeah, I feel like um, bad judging is, and that's another reason why I'm betting on Manny Miro. To be honest, I wouldn't be shocked if we see just a terrible split decision win from Miro here. Um, and then another thing. You got two events happening on the same night within not too far of each other, right? Uh, if Vegas and LA, so it's you're gonna get the B crew at some point. Some of these fights are gonna have the B crew because it's different when you have like a Friday in Uncasville and then a Saturday in um, Vegas. You know, some of those judges will travel, um, but when you when you have when you have them both on the same night, it's the same with the refs, right? You'll see, you'll watch even with BKFC, you'll, you'll see it even with Bellator. You see this a lot of the same referees, you know? Sometimes there's a lot, there's more in Bellator that you don't see in the UFC. But, you know, you see Herzog and Bellator and stuff like that. Um, you know, we used to see Herb Dean a lot more in Bellator, not as much anymore. But uh, it's the same thing with the judges. They, it's all interchangeable with whatever, even PFL, uh, you, even with LFA, we see the uh, different judges, um, or the same judges in just different events. But you see, there's depending on where you are, and that's what we're, we've talked about before, with like in Virginia or in in Texas, where they have, you know, they bring in their own guys sometimes. Uh, which is, you know, that whole good old boys thing where it's just people making money, um, people getting paid extremely high amounts of uh, of money to do things that they're not qualified to do. And sometimes they'll bring in uh, their own people. You know, um, we saw that even in that uh, that Arizona card with that one referee that was refing the Paul Craig, um, that Paul Craig fight where uh he broke his arm uh paul craig i can't remember who it was uh, i forget his opponent's name but he broke his arm and the referee was just letting the fight go on and he was just clearly not a qualified for elite level mma and just let what's his name get his uh, uh his arm broken or dislocated his elbow dislocated let the fight continue um so yeah, uh, especially when it's the same on oh, it's the same night, it's the same night, not that far in vicinity of each other. So normally, probably those judges who live in Vegas or live in the Vegas vicinity would travel out to uh, Bellator if it was on a Friday, and then they'd work the Saturday UFC Vegas thirty three. But it's not like that. So what we get is the B team, right? And the B team is a bunch of other not. Um, qualified judges. 
And um, I would say that there's probably more of a chance that we see some terrible decisions in in Los Angeles than we do in Nevada, um, than we do at the Apex. But <laughs> after what we saw last week, I don't know, man. I really don't know. So, yeah, my answer is yes, absolutely. That's a guarantee. There'll be one, I don't know about robbery, but there'll be some questionable scorecards, even like 100%. That's the lock of the weekend, actually. Oh, here's one. This is a deep cut. Now that Holly Holly Home is scheduled to face Norma Dumont, who do you who do you Misha Tate fights next? Uh, I mean, I wrote that, so that's. Uh, I mean, I somebody asked the question, but I paraphrased it. and I clearly wrote it wrong. But yeah, who do I think Misha Tate fights next? And uh, either Kunitskaya or Aldana probably makes the most sense. Yeah, probably Kunitskaya or Aldana. We've gone over this a bunch of times. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna relitigate it. Oh, here's a good one. I thought you said that Miranda Maverick was going to win. Well, <clears throat> that's a Patreon follower, so uh, thanks, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Uh, that was probably the worst decision of the year, and uh, we were on the right side. Just it's like betting baseball. You bet baseball, you can't. Can't handicap for a bad umpire, and basically that's what's ha what happened. We we ran into a terrible umpire, which were three really bad judges, or at least two really bad judges. Okay, so I'm gonna continue for the next about ten minutes if there isn't any other questions in the uh, in the chat. I'm gonna continue to go over. You know, we already talked about uh, Usman Nurmagomedov, uh, Manny Miro. We already talked about Pitbull, like, uh, AJ McKee. Uh, another one that I wanted to talk about was uh, Chris Gonzalez against Kyoto Yamauchi. That's a great fight. Um, that's a great fight. I got to say, I like a lot of dogs. I like a lot of dogs in this Bellator card. Um, and I like... I like Chris, Chris Gonzalez here. Um, as far as a as far as a bet goes, um, I feel like uh, Yamuchi his his window to win this fight is it's 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 narrow. The longer this fight goes, the more that I feel like it favors Chris Gonzalez. Um, Gonzalez is six and zero as a professional. Four of his six wins by way of decision, and Yamuchi Yamauchi is a uh, jujitsu specialist. Eleven and four in Bellator. Five of his last six wins coming by way of submission. And uh, Gonzalez is uh, a wrestle heavy fighter, but he'll need to keep this fight off the mat to avoid um, Yamauchi's just extremely dangerous ground game and. Uh, I feel like if Gonzalez can keep the fight standing, uh, Gaiotti has this like 
karate style. He leaves that lead hand out. He's pretty heavy on that front leg. He's fleet of foot for the first, like the opening minutes of the fight. And then he starts to be more flat footed. Um, I feel like, I feel like if this fight stays standing, Chris Gonzalez is a pretty good shot to win. Um, if he ends up doing something stupid, like going for a takedown because he gets hurt or uh, even just going for a takedown just because he's used to doing that, something like that. If he find, if he even ends up in uh, Yamauchi's guard, he's going to be in some serious trouble. But uh, I feel like Gonzalez, he's, um, uh, it's that southpaw, Paul, southpaw versus orthodox. And I feel like if Gonzalez just throws a nice, nice leg kick, like, like, um, leads the fight with a solid leg kick that everything based on his striking um, and that leg kick and just not going to the mat. I think he's got a good chance. I like him here as a, as a pretty good underdog. What is he lined at? Plus 145. Yeah, I like I like him. I got to say I like him. I like him to win by decision, but even at that plus 145, I like him. <laughs> All right, the next one, uh, Islam Mamadov against Brent Primus. And this is an interesting one. Um, Mamadov is a minus 200 favorite, Brent Primus plus 175. Uh, former Bellator lightweight champion, Brent Primus. Uh, and then against this right, another Dagestani, Islam Mamadov. And uh, it's his Bellator debut. He's 19-1-1. One one. He's a D- Dagestani fighter fighting out of New Jersey. He's he's uh, undefeated across, you know, uh, the World Series of Fighting, PFL, and the UAE Warriors promotions. He's only had one blemish on his record. That was a loss way back, way back. And uh, the draw against uh, Loic. Uh, Radzibov back at PFL 8 in 2019. And uh, Mamedov, he's won by decision in five of his last nine professional fights. Uh, he comes in as you know a betting favorite here. And then uh, Primus, 8-1 and one in Bellator with his only loss coming in that rematch against Michael Chandler. As I mentioned, <laughs> you know, as I mentioned, he's the former Bellator light weight champion because he won over Michael Chandler when Chandler like broke his broke his ankle in that fight similar like a Sean O'Malley type situation uh he's five and one though over those last six years in Bellator with that only loss being to Chandler uh three of his last five wins coming by way of stoppage I think he's a pretty heavy hitter um uh Mamedov is kind of it's similar to this, um, the other fight that I talked about, Manny Miro against Usman Nurmagomedov. Similar to that, Islam Mamedov is very careful. We'll say he's uh, he's he's not that type of like in and out guy. He's just very measured. And uh, Primus is, you know, he's a madman. He's a wild man. He's gonna. He's kind of a similar style to Michael Chandler. Uh, he's gonna come in. He's going to walk forward. <clears throat> He's got that one uh, 
he's just got that one cocked hand, and he's he's a heavy hitter, and I think he's got a lot better chance than what the odds indicate here. So I like him quite a bit in this spot. And then the co-main event. I guess we'll close on the co-main event. This will be this will be a, a performance bonus, I think. Emmanuel Sanchez against Mad Burnell. Uh, Mads Burnell. This is a crazy fight. This is such a good fight. And such great matchmaking here. Um, and like I said, um, Emmanuel Sanchez's only stoppage loss in his career was in the featherweight semifinals against Pitbull. And he's going to be looking to bounce back. And uh, Mads Burnell, 27 years old out of Denmark, he looks to be on like a career resurgence. Uh, he put together He's put together six-fight winning streaks since he was cut from the UFC back in 2018. He's the former uh, Cage Warriors featherweight champion. He's won seven of his last professional fights with five of his last seven wins coming by way of stoppage. This is a fight that's just uh, its fireworks waiting to happen. This is another one. Fight goes the distance. No. Uh, let's see what that's at. This is a coin flip fight right now. Fight goes the distance. No is at plus 140. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. I don't understand what they're thinking. I don't understand what the market's thinking. Um uh, yeah, Mads Burnell, since his 2017 UFC debut, is 7-2 and two with five of those seven wins inside the distance. All, you know, seven of his last nine fights have not gone the distance. Fight goes the distance, no, in his career. Uh, since the UFC debut from UFC, Cage Warriors to Bellator, fight goes the distance, no, 7-2 and two for plus 5.38 units. <clears throat> And I guess this kind of makes sense. Uh, Manuel Sanchez, 10 and 4 since 2015, six of those 10 wins by decision. So it's kind of one of those fights where it's like um, the longer it goes, the more, <clears throat> the more it favors Sanchez as far as just uh, win probability. And, you know, Mads Brunel, submission specialist, he's won by a Japanese necktie. Uh, I think like two fights ago, he won two in a row that way with that Japanese necktie. Super dangerous guy, man. Uh, his striking is uh, awkward, I'll say. He's I'm not saying he's bad. It's just it's unorthodox. And uh, Manuel Sanchez is just a freaking killer, man. And uh, he's he's one of those. He's he's really good. But if he goes up, you know, the, he's zero two against Pitbull. When he goes up to that up like that other level, basically against Pitbull, he gets stopped. But you know he's uh, he's he's very very good, and this is going to be a like unbelievable fight. Uh, I'm super excited for this one. But yeah, I gotta say, as far as my pick goes, uh, I gotta let's look at the the odds. You get plus money on both sides right now. At DraftKings plus one hundred on Sanchez at FanDuel plus one hundred four. Um, 
this is another one where we'll probably have to bet whatever side ends up closing at plus money. You know what I'm thinking, right? It's got to be fight goes distance. No, that's that's a beauty of a play right there. As far as a pick goes, though, I got to go with Emmanuel Sanchez. I just think he's going to bounce back. Uh, but if uh, Burnell wins this fight, he probably does it in the first round. But if this fight reaches the second round, I think uh, it's Sanchez's fight to lose. Uh, I, Yeah, I lean. I'll say that. It's probably going to be either Mads Burnell wins inside the distance or Emmanuel Sanchez wins by decision. Uh, but, I mean, that's not to say that Sanchez can't get it, get it done either. He's won four four of his last ten wins. Yeah, four of his last ten wins inside the distance. But it's more than likely for me that he wins this by decision. But I got to say, I do like that fight goes the distance. No, man. Uh, fight goes the distance. No, and probably Emmanuel Sanchez on the money line. But... Uh, I gotta. I'm. I'm still not totally sure. And again, you want to get uh, all my plays from UFC Vegas 33 and Bellator 263 this weekend. Hit up the Patreon, five Canadian dollars a month, and you get uh, all my plays. And then look, we got some plays going to uh, UFC 265, UFC 266, Woodley versus Paul. Um, yeah, you know, we got Spence versus Pacquiao coming up. We got uh, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder. And uh, the Patreon members got uh, – we, we were on Brit- Britain Hart pretty heavily. It wasn't a uh, pretty money line. It was like minus 220, but um, Patreon members were on it. We crushed it. And uh, luckily we did because <laughs> Saturday, this past Saturday, was a bit of a bloodbath. But, yeah. Uh, I'll say last call for questions. Probably going to get out of here pretty shortly. Um, So, yeah, on Friday afternoon, we will be doing the UFC Vegas 33 and Bellator 263 live weigh-in reactions Friday at 2 p.m. So, um, we'll try to get uh, some visuals I had a bit of an issue last week. Uh, we'll try to get some visuals so we can get, see the guys weighing in. But, yeah, we'll break it all down. I'll probably give my looks for, you know, the, the full card of both of these both of these events. And, uh, yeah, should be a good one. Super excited for this weekend. We got uh, 1FC tomorrow. Then we got uh, – you know, the two cards, Bellator and UFC 33. And besides the live weigh-in show, we'll be here breaking down both of the uh, the events on Saturday on Bleed's channel for uh, Bloodshed, the post-show. So, yeah, again, every single social media outlet, Combat Odds HQ on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even on TikTok, CombatOdds.ca for uh, odds for all these events coming up. And like I said, you want the bets, hit up the Patreon. We got some free plays too, though. That's why you got to hit up 
combatodds.ca because we got the free plays there. And then uh, if you like this setup, you want to do something like this yourself, use this promo code for $10 off your uh, your StreamYard membership, which is a great deal. You help me, you help StreamYard. Uh, so, yeah, if uh, that's it, then we're going to get out of here. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, talk to you later.